the way I like to look at this is your quiz title is the reason your business exists. It's the problem you solve for your audience and your clients. And your quiz results are those specifics as to why they have those problems. Now, often with the results, there'll be a crossover of things. So it might well be that pretty much everybody in your audience can relate to three out of four of the results. What we're looking for is the most dominant one. And the power there is then you're meeting somebody where they're at in their journey. You're not giving them some generic ebook that could vaguely refer to the problem they've got, but not really. You're honing in, you're really targeting as to what it is that they're struggling with so that whatever you put in front of them with the quiz results, the follow-up emails, the offers you put in front of them, you can ensure that you're only sending them the things you know are going to help them, you know they're going to respond to, you know that are going to give them value and give them those action steps so they have those quick wins with you so that once you go to sell something to them, it's kind of like a no-brainer. And welcome to the Audience Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Hutchison, and I'm delighted you're here. The Audience Growth Podcast exists to help you learn how to use organic marketing, that's marketing that costs nothing or very little, to grow your business. Far too frequently, small business owners spend lots of money on advertising without getting the results they were expecting or hoping for. And it doesn't need to be that way. So here on the podcast, every week we dive into strategies that will help you grow a business that's here for the long term sometimes on solo episodes and sometimes with guest experts like today. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of chatting to Kylie Quiz Queen. Kylie and I met on a mastermind program a couple of years ago and we've kept in touch online, we've collaborated and we've also met in person at Andrew and Pete's digital marketing conference in Newcastle, Atomicon. By the way, if you haven't bought your Atomicon ticket for June 2023 just yet, I'm going to share my affiliate link in the show notes because this is an opportunity that you do not want to miss. And I would love to see you there. If you have any questions about the event, don't hesitate to get in touch. But back to today's episode, Kylie really is super, super knowledgeable about quizzes. They are a fantastic way that you can grow your audience. You can hire somebody like Kylie to build them or you can build a quiz yourself. And Kylie has shared very generously a lot of knowledge and advice on how you can do that in today's episode. So let's dive in. So welcome to the Audience Growth Podcast, Kylie. I would love you to introduce yourself and tell our listeners roughly what it is that you do in your business. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's always exciting to be on a podcast with somebody I know. So as Nikki said, I'm Kylie, Kylie Lang, and I'm a quiz funnel strategist. And most people look at me and go, you're a what? Do you write pub quizzes? No, I do not. I write quizzes that are basically very high converting lead magnets. So forget about your PDF checklists, ebooks, you know, cheat sheets, etc. I do quizzes instead, but I don't just do the quiz. I do the entire funnel. So everything from goals, strategy, emails, tech, the quiz itself, literally the whole kit and caboodle. And that is all I do is I write quizzes and I promote quizzes and I build them and I do the tech around them and I audit them. My whole world is quizzes. So I am the quiz queen. 
There is literally so much I want to ask you about this today, Kylie. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) I really want to help our listeners understand how quizzes can contribute to their audience growth, obviously. But first of all, I'd love to hear from you. When you first started out in business, what was it that you offered at that point? Oh my God. (laughs) Okay, let's wind the clock back 26 years. So I should let you guys know, I have had three businesses now. So I started life as a wedding planner, an event planner, an event designer. And that was in London. And I had that business. It was called Organized Chaos, kind of describes me to a T. And I sold that business to my then business partner when I married my first husband and moved to Australia, as you do. And from there, I decided I had all this knowledge and I started something called the Wedding Academy. And the Wedding Academy was basically teaching people to do what I'd done but really focusing on the business element because there wasn't anything like it then. So we're talking 14 years ago when I did that. This was before uh, digital courses. I was actually sending my courses out via Australia Post in a big A4 envelope. I was going into the equivalent of Staples in Australia, which is Officeworks. And I'd get my daughter helping me. She was only about 10 at the time. (laughs) And we'd stuff it into big envelopes and what have you. And of course, things really moved forward and accelerated very fast. And so I learned a lot about the digital world because I was in it from the beginning. So there was no cheating. There was no quick fixes. I had to learn the ins and outs of absolutely everything, which now I look back at it was actually a really good thing because there's not much I don't know about digital courses, the tech behind it, the writing, et cetera, et cetera. And it was through the academy that I discovered quizzes. So it was around about 2016. And what you need to understand is for many years with the Wedding Academy, I had no competition. We were literally, well, I did, but we were lauding it and not really doing very much. We were just getting found naturally in Google, which was fabulous. Then around 2016, that kind of started to change and we needed to do something. We needed to get something called a lead magnet. And I remember thinking at the time, thinking, what the hell is a lead magnet? And I did my research and suddenly thought, you know what? I don't want to write a checklist or an ebook. We have all that stuff in our course. So wouldn't it be much more fun to do a quiz around, could you become a wedding planner? And that is literally where it came from. So back in 2016 is where this all started. And I realized I'd stumbled on something pretty big because it was just bringing in leads for fun. And not only was it bringing in leads, it was telling me what those leads were worried about, what was holding them back, what were their fears. It was so interesting. And were you putting ad spend behind that or was it organic at that point? That's the other thing. No, we weren't. I mean, bear in mind, like I said, this was 2016. This is not 2022. Yeah. So early adopter. Yeah. Yeah. So things have definitely changed since then. But I realized there was a lot going on with this whole quiz idea thing. And I then realized that there were other things you could do with it and started to learn about CRMs, et cetera, et cetera. And then fast forward two years to about 2018, I went and did a course with Ryan Levesque, who is basically the granddaddy of the quiz funnel, um, runs a company called Ask. So got mentored by him as well, which is fantastic. And that's really where my knowledge grew from was by using it myself, seeing great success with it myself and realizing that actually I was a really good copywriter and I had this ability to just make quizzes work and write like I was somebody else. So realizing this about myself, I 
had kind of got a bit bored of running the Wedding Academy. You know, we're 10 years down the line now. It had been, you know, fun, but I'd lost that challenge, that spark, and I wanted something new. And that's when I turned to starting to do quizzes properly and looking for clients and actually doing done-for-you quizzes for my clients. And that's where I am today and what I'm doing now. And are you still splitting your time at the moment between those two businesses? Right now I am. I don't want to say too much, but that's about to change very soon. Oh, exciting. So yeah, which is exciting because it means I can much more focus on the quiz side of things, which to be fair, does take up most of my time because the academy runs like a well-oiled machine and I have a great team. So it probably only takes up 20% of my time anyway. And so when it comes to the quiz business, do you have a team for that business as well or is it just you at the moment? I do. No, I have a tech person who works with me. And I also have somebody who does all the branding and the social media. So we do a quiz launch package because for a lot of people, it's a case of, well, okay, I've got this great quiz now. What do I do with it? How do I get it out there? How do I promote it? So we do a promotional package within our done for you packages. And I have somebody that looks after that side of things as well. But the quizzes themselves, yeah, they're my baby. I do all the copywriting. It's my brain, my voice, my technique and ability, et cetera. And that's kind of what my clients are paying me for. And so you've talked about this whole funnel and you can help people to promote their quiz and attract those leads. And then in terms of outputs, is there a maximum number of results? You know, when you do a quiz and it'll say, oh, maybe what kind of marketer are you? I'm a woo-woo marketer. That is not me. (laughs) But, you know, I'm a whatever, whatever, whatever. Do you have a maximum number of results that you will supply? Yeah, I do. This is just a rule of thumb that I work by. I have seen other quizzes that have more than this, but not many. It's a lot of hard work, and especially if you're doing a quiz for the first time. So for me, the quiz results, you need at least three but no more than five. My sweet spot is four. Having said that, we're literally just launching one next week where she's got five results. So that's my maximum. But generally speaking, most of my quiz clients tend to have four results because one of the reasons behind that is when you're putting a quiz together, your quiz title is usually asking a question that your audience wants to know the answer to. But in order to really attract as many people as possible into your world, that question that you're asking needs to be quite generic to what you do. So your quiz results are what allow you to get specific. So let's say, for example, it's marketing. As you said, you know, what's holding you back from marketing your business? Now, it might be for some, it's not knowing what to put out there. And for others, it's not knowing how to put together a content plan. For another, it might be just, I don't have the confidence to do this. For another, it might be, I just don't have the knowledge. I don't know what to do. I don't know what platforms to use. Those are all very different problems that sit under the umbrella of marketing. So when you're putting a quiz together... There's a fine line between asking a question that's going to be applicable to the majority of your audience, but still making it sound sexy, making it sound irresistible to a point where people go, oh my God, I need to know the answer to that. And then being able to understand your audience enough to know what the problems are and why they come to you in the first place. So the way I like to look at this is your quiz title is the reason your business exists. It's the problem you solve for your audience and your clients. And your quiz results are those specifics as to why they have those problems. 
Now, often with the results, there'll be a crossover of things. So it might well be that pretty much everybody in your audience can relate to three out of four of the results. What we're looking for is the most dominant one. And the power there is then you're meeting somebody where they're at in their journey. You're not giving them some generic ebook that could vaguely refer to the problem they've got, but not really. You're honing in, you're really targeting as to what it is that they're struggling with so that whatever you put in front of them with the quiz results, the follow-up emails, the offers you put in front of them, you can ensure that you're only sending them the things you know are going to help them, you know they're going to respond to, you know that are going to give them value and give them those action steps so they have those quick wins with you so that once you go to sell something to them, it's kind of like a no-brainer. And then obviously, it's relatively easy if you're using a quiz system if you're using specific software to track your conversion rate in terms of the number of people who've started the quiz and the number of people who've actually given you their email address. But beyond that point, if you, as you say, they're going through this email sequence and you start to sell to them, is there a way that you've got of tracking that conversion? Oh, definitely. Let's say, for example, I mean, my two favorite tools to use are Interact, which is the quiz platform, and Active Campaign, which is the CRM. Those are my two favorites. And I usually manage to persuade my clients to use those two things, mainly because it's so clever. There's so much you can do in exactly the way you just described. So obviously, when somebody is coming in from the quiz with Active Campaign, you can not only track what they're doing, but you can see at what point did they enter your world. So when you're looking to run reports on what people have bought, if you use something like Thrivecart, for example, and you're selling courses, you can get Thrivecart to enter the information of what somebody has bought directly into their profile on Active Campaign. You can then run a report on that via tags, via automations to see at what point did they enter? Was it through the quiz? If it was through the quiz, then you can start to track those conversions. So a lot of it really does hinge on the tools that you use. So it starts off with having you know, the ability to put together something that's really high converting, that speaks to your audience, that does all those things I said, delivers value, gives action, et cetera, et cetera. But then it's what you do with that data. So what you've got to remember is a quiz, it sits at the top of the funnel, whereas it's usually the middle of funnel activity is where people fall down. What they try to do is drive the traffic at the top of the funnel, skip the middle bit and go straight to the bottom of funnel bit where they're selling. But actually, it's the middle of funnel stuff that's the stuff that's so important. But you can do so many clever things in that middle of the funnel if you've got the right tools. So Interact and Active Campaign, for example, talk directly to each other. You don't have to use Zapier or any other tools to connect them. So there isn't anything that you can't take from Interact into Active Campaign as long as you know what you're doing. But that's the bit that puts a lot of people off. If it's not the copywriting, it's the tech. And it's understanding how to use the clever tools that you've got. So I can absolutely see the benefits of hiring somebody like you to get this all put together and get it out into the world. How long does it normally take you to do that when you're working with a client? Well, this is the thing. So for me, when I'm working with a client, it will usually take me between four to six weeks to put a quiz together. And some of that is based on feedback from the client. And we have different things that we have to do. So for example, we start off with obviously the big quiz title. And I come up with between eight to 10 different possibilities for my client using various different language, different subtitles to really draw people in. And then I make my clients choose three of those. Then they have to put that out to their audience and get their audience to vote on them. Because nine times out of 10, 
The one my clients choose is never the ones their audience choose. And that's why we do that. So, you know, I call it ask the audience, go ask your audience. Now that can take a week in itself to get all of the data back and to give it time for people to vote. And, you know, I help them on how to do that, what to do, where to do it, etc. But that is a massive, massive part of the process. At every step, you need to have your ideal client in mind. This is not about you. It is about them. Never assume anything. So when you're thinking about putting a quiz together in the length of time, you have to build that type of thing in. I'm a loom girl and a lot of my clients are in the US, so time doesn't always work out for us to talk and they're busy people. So I loom them on a regular basis with every step of the way to let them know, not just here's your quiz titles, but I take them through each one and explain why and what my thinking process is behind it and why I think it will work and what I want you to do. And I always give them homework too, little pieces of homework. So that it's very easy and straightforward for them to feed me the feedback that I need. But that can take a little bit of time too, because you don't want to rush that process. You want to think about it and make sure that you're happy every stage of the way. So I usually quote between four to six weeks, but with most clients, it ends up being eight weeks because there's always that buffer of two weeks of, you know, life happens. And would you say there's a particular type of business that can really benefit from having a quiz in place? Well, this is the interesting thing. I haven't yet come across a business that it doesn't work for other than bricks and mortar businesses. And that's not that I don't think it would work. It's that I've never done it. So I don't know. I've even done one of my most recent ones, and I'd never done an e-commerce quiz until this point. But I worked with an artist who has the most amazing art that she does, and she sells it on her website. And she wanted a way to be able to sell more of her art through collections. And so we put together a quiz that identified which art collection would be right for them. So it was giving them pre-selected pieces based on how they answered certain questions, etc. So it even worked for that as well, which was fantastic. But I mean, to give you an idea, I've worked with an interior designer. I've worked with a website designer and a branding consultant. So that's more service-based. Coaches, my most recent coach has been a money mindset coach and a dating coach. So I had to come up with, what's your dating diagnosis? Let's find out your dating DNA. That was a lot of fun, as you can imagine. So from people like that to a guy that's got a podcast course to I have people who do nutrition certification they are putting a quiz together. I've even got an accountant who wants to start selling an accountancy course to tradies. So that was an interesting one because I'm coming at it from a completely different perspective. So there isn't really anyone that it doesn't work for. It works brilliantly if you're a coach, if you're a service provider, if you're a membership owner, if you've got a course, if you're doing a book launch, any of those things, it works so well. And of course, as I've realized, you can also do it now for products as well. There's always a creative way to put together a quiz that's going to tell you which products are right for you. And obviously, not everybody listening will be at the stage in business where they're ready to invest in the level of support that you provide. So if anybody's listening and wondering how could they try... I mean, we've talked about the tools that they can use. You've shared all that really generously. But if they're trying to think about how to decide on a focus for their quiz, is there a good starting point for people to begin thinking about this? Absolutely. It comes back to what I said earlier. It's think about, you know, what's your superpower? What is your business superpower? And then reverse engineer it. So reverse engineer it to become a question. So if your superpower is, I help people get published then you're going to reverse engineer that 
And the whole point of your quiz is going to be, well, why would people come to me to help them get published? What is the problem that they've got in the first place? Why are they not getting published? What's the thing holding them back? And you start from there. So it's all about why your business exists in the first place. But the biggest thing you can do is start looking at who are the clients you've got? Why are they coming to you? What problem are they looking for you to solve? That is the biggest place to start. So, you know, your business exists for a reason. And that reason is you've found a problem and you have produced a solution to that problem. That is your place to start. And then you start to really think about, well, what are the questions I get asked all the time? You know, what are the things people are responding to? And if you're at that earlier stage in your business, find some good Facebook groups that you can go into. Not to sell, absolutely never to sell, but to just lurk, (laughs) lurk and listen, as I call it, the two L's. You know, really pay attention to the questions people are asking. Obviously, it needs to be a Facebook group that's got your ideal client in it. But, you know, what are they looking for? What do they need help with? Where are they getting stuck? What are the questions that come up on a regular basis? And if you're a little bit more advanced, then think about your existing clients. You know, what are they getting stuck on? Why did they come to you? What is your most popular service? You know, which of the questions you get most? Do a mine of your inbox and have a look at the questions that you get on a regular basis. You know, your FAQs would be another place to start if you have FAQs. You know, that's where you start with this. It's the beginning part of it. It's You have to do some detective work. That's where I start when I'm working with a client. You know, I start to put my detective hat on and I go foraging. You go detective mode, Kylie. That's what you do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Love it. Love it. And once people have created a quiz, let's say they have a small-ish audience, what advice do you give to them when it comes to promoting their quiz? Okay, so one of the first things to do is to make sure it is everywhere. So you need to think about things like simple things, like the signature in your email. Underneath your signature should be take our quiz and whatever the quiz title is. It needs to be everywhere on your website. It needs to be on all your social media profiles. You want to have it as the static banner in a nice bright color that stands out. So it's there on your website as soon as people land on it. It should be pretty much the call to action in your footer on every page of your website. There's usually some kind of pop-up you want to have. And then there's your blog. So your blog is your biggest asset. And I'm sure you back me up here, Nikki, because of what you guys do too. But Your blog is where you're going to start to build traffic organically for your quiz, but over a longer period of time. For most of my clients, I will write between two to four SEO blog posts for them that are all about the quiz. But you don't just have to do blog posts about the quiz. Go back over your old blog posts and put a big call to action banner at the bottom of the blog post for taking your quiz. Link to it regularly on that blog as well. And then of course, there's Pinterest. Pinterest is such an underutilized tool. And again, it's a long-term one. It's like a fine wine. It matures over time. But, you know, from an organic strategy point of view, this is so worth doing. Because a pin a day going out, talking about your quiz, whether it's talking about one of the results, whether it's asking the question, you know, putting pins out there will eventually drive traffic back to you. Then, of course, you will need to invest in some ads. But one of the best things about quiz ads is it's not about tracking. It's about traffic. So the tracking comes from within your own system. And because when people come through your quiz, you're able to get all this juicy data on them, you take it from Interact and you put it into your CRM. You can then feed that data 
directly back into Facebook. So you're building your own custom audience. So if you think about all the iOS 14 changes, there's first-party data, which is the data that Facebook and sites like that collect on your behalf. Well, people can opt out of that now. So the availability of that information is nowhere near as big and wide and varied as it was. Then you've got third-party data, which is the data you collect in your own way, like on your website, etc. But again, you've got to ask permission for it. But with a quiz, it's zero-party data. Because people are giving you permission to use that data. They're giving that data to you willingly. You don't have to ask. They've given you their permission. So therefore, you're using your quiz not only to be able to send very smart targeted marketing to your audience, but also to bring the cost of your ads down by being able to take that information and plug it back into Facebook. I can see why you love quizzes, Kylie. (laughs) Oh, you're getting that, are you? (laughs) (laughs) I can see exactly why. Let's talk about your business and your audience growth. Obviously, you have your own quiz. That aside, what are your favorite platforms and channels to use to help grow your audience? I use Instagram, LinkedIn, and Pinterest. Those are my three. I mean, yes, of course, I'm on Facebook, but I don't concentrate on Facebook particularly. But for me, I network. I do a lot of networking, so a lot of referrals because it's by far the easiest way to go for a business like mine. Mine is a fairly high ticket offer. Having said that, I do have a course as well for people that want to DIY it. But for my high ticket offer, a lot of the time, they're not going to respond to a Facebook app. They already know they want a quiz, so they're going to go searching. So one of the things I spend more time on than anything else is my blog. I do a lot of SEO research. And just sort of a word to the wise here with the quiz, that should also be a starting point for your quiz. So once you've identified what your quiz topic is going to be about, you need to then start doing some SEO. You need to know what people are searching for because if you come up with a quiz that nobody's looking for, you're not going to do very well. So that is your next step is to do that SEO research and then you can use that research to start writing really highly targeted SEO-driven blog posts that are going to really help to generate that traffic for you. And we do run ads for our course, of course, we have to, but I mention the quiz all the time. The quiz gets mentioned on stories. It gets mentioned on LinkedIn at least once a week, if not more. It is the link on my LinkedIn profile. It's just everywhere because for me, I don't think I've had a client yet come and be a client of mine without going through my quiz. So generally, they will go through my quiz first, realize that this is a quiz that has all the bells and whistles, come to me and say, I want one of them. So that is a really good sales tool for me, but it has to be out there in the first place. So another thing to think about when you are creating your quiz is you need to make sure your quiz is on a landing page on your website with a really simple, easy to remember URL. So mine is literally kylielang.com forward slash quiz. It couldn't be more simple so that when I'm on podcasts like this, or I'm on a virtual summit, or I am just talking to somebody in passing at some networking event or another, it is really simple for me to say, oh, go check out my quiz. It's kylielang.com forward slash quiz. So you need to make it really simple for people to find, type into Google, and it needs to be on your site. Don't ever have it just on the site of the actual quiz platform itself. Yes, I build it on Interact, but I have the landing page for the quiz on my own website because then I'm in control of the SEA. Then I can make sure that it's really getting in front of the right people. 
And you mentioned networking there. I'm curious because I know that you live in France. Do you do a lot of online networking or locally or? Yes. (laughs) No, no. Oh, locally. My God. Can you imagine in rural France trying to sell a quiz to a French person? It would help if I spoke French, of course, but (laughs) it's definitely not very easy over here. People do give me the blank look. No, most of mine is done online. But then now we've opened up again as well. I do travel. I mean, we met up in November last year at an industry conference, which was great. So I do travel, but the majority of it, to be fair, is done online because so many of my contacts now are in the US. So for me, it makes perfect sense. And I'll try to do at least one networking thing of some description every week. So this week I've ticked the box. I have spoken to somebody who wants to collaborate with me. She sort of looks after people at the next end. So at the nurturing end, and I obviously look after people at the coming in end. So we're kind of a match made in heaven. And it's just building on those collaborations and partnerships and making sure that when anybody decides they want a quiz, the first person who comes to mind is moi. And that only happens when you network with people to a point there. Oh yeah, I know the, the quiz queen, Kylie. You just get, go look her up on LinkedIn. She, you know, she's everywhere. You can see her. Awesome. And if you were starting your business, I know you're experienced in business. You've had three, as you said. So if you were starting this quiz business from scratch today, is there anything you'd do differently? I would have done it sooner. Um, <laughs> no, not really. Because I think for me, third time around, like I'm pretty seasoned when it comes to starting a business. And I am very much a go with your gut girl. So I don't suffer with procrastination at all. If anything, I'm the complete opposite. My mum used to say to me, Kylie, you've only been thinking about this for 30 seconds. My answer was always, it doesn't matter. I can feel it in my gut. And that is always the way I approach everything. Start before you're ready. Don't wait. Like I started with a nightmarish website. I mean, truly horrible. But you know what? I got two big paying clients from that truly horrible website. I now have a very nice website, but I didn't. And it wasn't perfect and not everything worked and not all the fonts were correct. I've changed my colors about three times. You know, I don't worry about that stuff because until you start putting yourself out there, things are going to change anyway. So one big thing I've found is that my process for how I build a quiz has only become as good as it is through doing the quizzes. Because as you keep doing them, you learn new things and new processes come to you and you develop a style and a strategy that can only come from being out there and doing it numerous times. And you can't get that until you've launched. So I think my biggest piece of advice to anybody be if you've got an idea and you've done your due diligence and you know there's a market for what you're doing, don't wait to do it. My quiz course, I sold it before I wrote it. I always do that. I was writing it as we were going along. And everybody knew that. That was fine. Now I've done it live three times. So now I have a very solid product from having done it live three times. I was then able to go off and pre-record it all. But it was fantastic. I got paid for writing that course. Like I say, do your due diligence. Know that you've got an audience for what you're doing and that they will pay for it, more importantly, and they're not just freebie hunters. And once you've ascertained that, just go for it. What have you got to lose? You know, as long as you're not gambling your house on it. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Then you're fine. You know, you just have to go for it. Yeah. And as you've been growing this business, are there any key moments or opportunities that stand out as having been real turning points for you, do you think? Yeah, I suppose one of them was definitely from two people that we know very well, Andrew and Pete. 
I started working with them as part of a mastermind group. And there was just so many little things that they got me to do that have made such a massive impact to what I'm doing. Different ideas that they sparked that I'd not thought of that have really helped to accelerate the growth of what I've done. So I think even at my stage in business, you still need support. You still need accountability and you still need that brainstorming partner to help you. And I think that for me has been massive with the growth of the business. It's really made a difference. That and also outsourcing a couple of things. So bringing on a tech person, bringing on a brand manager and a VA, those things have really made a difference to me as well. But other than that, the, oh, there's one thing actually that was so ballsy. It was a couple of years ago and I suddenly thought, how can I get in front of more people? I know, I like working with course creators. So I went onto Facebook and I found every single course creating group I could possibly find. And then I wrote, I looked them all up I found out something about all of them so I could talk about something personal in my email and then sent an introduction and asked if they'd like me to do a free training in their group. I did really well from that, actually. About 60-odd percent of them did come back to me and over a period of time it happened. But the first one that came back to me said to me, oh, this is so fortuitous. said, I am looking for somebody different to come and speak to my group about marketing their course. Should I do a two-day summit as part of this program every single year? Should I pay $1,000 to each speaker? And usually you'll get a couple of clients from it straight away as well. And that, I kid you not, is what happened. And those two clients that I've had from that group have been some of my best clients. They've referred me to other people. They were a joy to work with. And I'm still in touch with both of them now. And I got paid a grand into the bargain. It was amazing. So that was probably when you asked me, yeah, that's probably one that stands out more than any. And that was just through having the balls to approach people and say, you know what? I'll do a free training for you, but also taking the time to look up who they were, find out something about them, understand their audience and position myself as a solution to a potential problem their audience might have. And then just having the discipline to go do it and not be frightened when they come back and say, no thanks, or not interested or not answering you at all. You just have to let it wash over you. So what? They're lost, not yours. Move on to the next. And that's really my you know, whole philosophy. Absolutely. And I love that. And it's mine as well. I think so much of what we've talked about today relies on resilience and being proactive. Two key skills as an entrepreneur, do we think? Definitely. I mean, there's no way you and I have been in business as long as we've been in business and we've not developed a thick skin. I mean, I've got a hide like a rhinoceros. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you know, it's water off a duck's back. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are still moments where I just want to go and rock in a corner and cry. <laughs> we all have those days. We don't do. get me wrong. My life is not perfect. But there was a saying that my dad always had, and I will never forget this because people tease me about it to this day. His words used to be, Kylie, my darling, you could fall in a sewer and come up smelling of roses. (laughs) That was his absolute belief in me and my ability to just get on and do it, no matter what. I will not be beaten down. If you say no, I'll come back until you say yes. You know, if something goes wrong, I'll find a way around it. You know, I will not be beaten. I just won't. And you do need that resilience to a degree. Like I say, that doesn't mean you can't have your, you know, Ben and Jerry's moment where you just need to go and sit down, get a box of tissues, watch the notebook and eat the whole tub. You can have those times. 
but don't allow yourself to wallow too often. Yeah. And stay solutions focused. Yes. That's a really good phrase. Stay solution focused. I agree. So because we know each other, I know a little thing about you, which is that you are the biggest, probably, ABBA fan in the world. Is that right? I would like to say so. And if I met Frieda and Agnetha, then I think they'd have to agree with me. (laughs) (laughs) And you are such a massive fan. You talk about it a lot as one of your content pillars. You bring it into your marketing. Has that helped you attract your ideal customers, do you think? Oh my God, yes. Without a shadow of a doubt. So just to give you an example how powerful this is, I'll give you two examples. The first, last year when ABBA launched their new Voyage album, I had somebody I did not know message me on Instagram in my DMs and said to me, oh my God, I've just heard about the new ABBA album. The first thing I thought of was you. I'm thinking, well, that's lovely. I have no idea who you are, but thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the first one. And then my other one that is on my about page that I also talk about all the time is my insane love of anything musical. So I love musicals. My favorite musical ever was The Sound of Music. I recently got a client because of that. She went on my website Saw my head superimposed onto Julie Andrews' body singing, I have confidence. Yeah, I know, completely nuts. It's a gift. And she contacted me and she said, I can't believe you love the sound of music as much as I do. I can't wait to work with you. And it turned out she was a huge ABBA fan as well. And so one of the questions in her quiz is based around the song, a few of my favorite things. So we'd said, the sound of music is my favorite movie. And these are a few of my favorite things. Which one would appear on your list? So we were able to inject it into her quiz as well. But yeah, her opening line to me was, oh my God, you're a Sound of Music fan. I love that. And that is what happens when you identify your niche and you're not afraid to let your true personality show through and you're not restricting yourself to only talking about business all the time. Absolutely. You've got to let people in. I mean, everybody knows I live in France. Everyone knows I sing in the woods when I'm walking my dog. Everybody knows that I love ABBA and everybody knows I love the sound of music. So, oh, and Downton Abbey is the other one that I talk about a lot too. But it just allows people to understand who you are as a person. And especially when you work with people on quite an intense level, they're either going to love you or hate you. And if they don't like you when you're talking about ABBA or, you know, whatever it is that you talk about, then they're not going to enjoy the process of working with you. So for me, you have to understand my crazy personality to want to take the ride with me. It's a lot of fun and we have a great time, but it's not everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. You've got to remember the attract-repel scenario. You want to repel those that don't like you, don't get you, and just don't see the point of you. And then you want to attract those that are like-minded and want to celebrate all the things you celebrate. And that's when you get to that point of just being in this really lovely world of having followers who truly get you, want to hear the stupid things you come out with, will respond to your emails with stories of their own. And it's a great place to be. Life isn't all about business. And we'll let you know when the latest ABBA album's released. Oh my God, can you imagine if they did another one? I just went and saw the whole Avatar thing. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I cried several times. Oh. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I love your dynamism, Kylie, and your thoroughness and your passion for quizzes. And I just want to ask you one final thing. You already have a thriving business. You're making money doing what you love. It looks like you have a life that you love, living and working in France, listening to ABBA, singing in the woods. (laughs) What is next for you, Kylie? Well, it's funny you should ask that question. I am in the process of writing a book about 
My Rural Life in France. It is not a business book. It is a fun look at the crazy life of Kylie Lang living her best life in France, negotiating the French, dealing with the different characters around here, and all the wonderful things that happen in rural France. Because so many people have asked me, you know, what was it like? How did you do it? What obstacles have you faced? You know, what do you love about it? What do you hate about it? Blah, blah. And I have some really funny stories of things that have happened. Excellent. So yeah, (laughs) it should be out Easter next year. Amazing. Looking forward to reading that. I will look forward to my copy in the post. Hint, hint. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) We will put all of the links to your quiz, of course, the easy to remember URL. We'll pop that in the show notes. And where else can people find you online, Kylie? I'm pretty much everywhere. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Pinterest. I'm on Facebook. And if you want to be friends on Facebook, I say yes to most people and they're short, you know, really creepy and stalky. Then I will say yes. But yeah, come into my world if you love ABBA, Downton Abbey and Sound of Music and we'll get along famously. (laughs) Fabulous. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome and thank you for having me. See you soon. Bye. You've been listening to the Audience Growth Podcast with Nikki Hutchison. A new episode is released every Friday at 7am UK time. Make sure you're a subscriber so that you never miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please do leave a rating or a review. They make an enormous difference. So I really do appreciate every single one. I'll be back next Friday with another episode helping you to grow your audience. Have a great week and I'll see you back here next Friday. Take care and thanks for listening. Thank you.